welcome. Welcome back to another episode of the Unrelatable Podcast with myself, Madeline Weisner. This is Unrelatable with Maddie Weisner. You guys, happy Wednesday. I'm so excited we're here. Welcome back to another rendition of our Sunday Scaries series where we talk all things NFL. First, and on that note, I received a package from Fangirl MN, they're an apparel company that started in Minnesota with the Minnesota Vikings. They sent me the cutest sweatshirts and t-shirt and I'll share all things, but I just wanted to give them a little shout out on here in case this like blows up because that was so nice of them to send me all the Packers gear because they really did me right and it's so cute, like definitely my vibe for sure. And again, that's Fangirl. I'll tag their Instagram below. Maybe? Should we do that? That'd be kind of fun. I don't know. I'm influencing. Let's get into week five of the NFL regular season. I feel like week four literally went by so fast. I don't know. It felt like a fever dream. The Packers played, if you're totally new, my boyfriend Luke, he's a member. (laughs) He plays for the Green Bay Packers. He's in his rookie season. He's slaying, popping off. We love him. Love to see it. But the pack played Thursday in the Thursday night football game against the Detroit Lions. And I talked about it on Monday's episode that just came out because that's how it worked out time-wise. So if you want to know my thoughts, go back, give it a listen because I'm done talking about it. Because it's in the past, we're moving forward, and we have more important things to talk about. Like... The Sunday night football game between the Kansas City Chiefs and the New York Jets, and then also the main character of the damn game, Miss Taylor Swift, who was in attendance again. And just to recap, I I feel like I'm beating a dead horse at this moment because every single thing I see is about T-Swizzle and Travis Kelsey. I'm so sorry. I'm going to stop saying T-Swizzle. My bad. (laughs) And these stats have definitely been thrown around, but I'm just going to, I'm just going to give it a little overview and read off of this post I saw on Instagram. If you have been living under a rock over the course of the last two weeks and listening to this podcast is your first jump back into reality. During week three of the NFL regular season, Taylor Swift broke the internet by making an appearance at the game, at the Chiefs game, and she sat with Travis Kelsey. Again, if you're living on a rock, he's a tight end in the NFL, plays for the Kansas City Chiefs. Taylor Swift sat with his mom, watched the game in their suite. Since Taylor Swift showed up to that game on that historic Sunday when the Chiefs played the Chicago Bears... Travis Kelsey's jersey sales spiked 400%, and this is probably an old statistic, so it's likely way more than this. The Kelsey Brothers' podcast ranks number one overall on Apple. The Kelsey documentary had brought the podcast to number two, and so then the Taylor Swift groundbreaking piece of information brought them to number one. Yeah, this is an old stat because it says Kelsey added... 383,000 Instagram followers. That number is closer to 1 million now. The Chiefs Bears game 
was the number one viewed game this week that week with 24.3 million viewers. There was a 63% jump in female viewers aged 18 to 49. And then Chiefs searches on the web increased by 3%, not 3%, multiplied by 3. The same multiple of 3 was seen in an increase in Chiefs sales on StubHub. And then the Kansas City Chiefs sold more tickets in a single day the day Taylor Swift was at the game. Maybe the day after, but more tickets in a single day since the start of the season, probably when the tickets like first went on sale. And I'm sure this is common knowledge at this point in the game, which is why I feel like I'm beating a dead horse. <laughs> but I'm not because this is like defining a generation. Like actually... So anyways, Taylor decided to break the internet again in week four when she showed back up at the Chiefs game, supporting Mr. Kelsey. But this time it wasn't in Kansas City, it was in New York City, which I'm sure is a little bit easier to get around in, maybe get to, a little more mainstream at MetLife Stadium in New York. It's actually in New Jersey. But I was dying because Luke and I watched the game and first thing, like usually when a celebrity is at a professional sporting event, the camera will show them and they will, they will feature, like there will be a little bit of a segment, like lots of stars in attendance today and it'll show everyone with their name underneath, like an actor, an actress, a singer, an Emmy award winner, whatever. It'll show everyone. Everyone everyone gets a spotlight. But no, <laughs> not Sunday night because the first person they show is Taylor Swift. The announcers are talking about her. Everyone's talking about her. Again, she's the main character. She stole the show. Who was even there to watch the game? No one. Who tuned in to watch the game? Maybe half the viewers. I'm, I'm kidding. I'm really trying to be on the NFL's good side because I'm manifesting some opportunities within that aspect of my life. And I'm talking me, not just Luke. Like, he's playing for a team. I would like to own a team. But the first person they show is Taylor Swift, who was actually the only person they showed. And the only person they mentioned, like, she's sitting in a suite with Blake Lively and Ryan Reynolds. And looking back at kind of what the media had to say about it, it was a very star-studded box. But they're showing Taylor. Ryan Reynolds is in the corner of the frame and the camera just moves out of the way so that you can't see Mr. Reynolds anymore. Like they only cared about Taylor Swift, which was absolutely hilarious. Like Ryan, I saw you. You're seen by me. I promise. That was just so funny. And then apparently in my research of just the vibes when I was preparing for this episode, I saw it was definitely clickbait, but it was like Patrick Mahomes and his wife, Brittany Mahomes, caught in toxic Travis Kelsey Taylor Swift drama. And I was like, this is so fake because I just, I know this relationship is so pure and so wholesome. Like there's no drama. And then I looked and apparently Brittany, Patrick's wife, was hanging out with Taylor Swift, like living, living my dream as an aspiring trophy wife. <laughs> I, I, I'm kidding but they're hanging out and then 
allegedly Travis Kelsey's ex-girlfriend unfollowed Brittany and Patrick Mahomes on Instagram following them being friends, following them hanging out with Taylor Swift. Apparently they went to dinner together afterwards or something like that. But that's toxic drama. Like, shut up. <laughs> Let them live their life. I don't know. Like, there's a reason that the Taylor Swift, Travis Kelsey rumors broke the internet. There's a reason why everyone freaked out when the rumors were confirmed. And it's because the relationship is so wholesome. So, again, I don't know. I just think we need to let them live their life. There doesn't have to be any drama for there to be a headline. Like, let's be positive, people. Because this is, like, the coolest thing to have ever happened to me. (laughs) I'm kidding. I did want to say, however, I thought it was so cool how the NFL kind of just acknowledged the fact that they were getting an increase in viewers because of Taylor Swift. Like, should they have mentioned that Ryan Reynolds and Blake Lively were also in attendance? Yes. Was it weird that they didn't say anything? And these are two very recognizable, beautiful people sitting next to Taylor Swift. Yes. But I felt like the broadcast and the announcers and, like, there was an ad for the Eras tour. It's not a documentary. Just, like, this, it being in theaters. Like, that was excellent marketing. But leading up to the show, I felt like they did a really great job welcoming the Swifties with open arms into the NFL, into the football-watching community. And Travis Kelsey and Jason Kelsey also did a great job doing this on their podcast as well. I don't know. They did a great job just kind of explaining the vibes of the game, explaining football. But I did find it interesting that when they introduced the matchup, again, it was the Kansas City Chiefs against the New York Jets. They said, and it was, I think it was the guy from The Voice. Like it was a voice ad talking about this, which go off. But they acknowledged the fact that the game was originally supposed to be And it was selected for the primetime spot because it was supposed to be a Patrick Mahomes, the Kansas City Chiefs quarterback, his matchup in kind of comparison against Aaron Rodgers, the quarterback for the New York Jets, who experienced, endured a season-ending injury in the fourth play of his first game. He tore his Achilles, and we've talked about this. But apparently he's trying to come back before the end of the season. So we'll see. But they said that it was supposed to be a matchup against these two quarterbacks. Now it was going to be Patrick Mahomes against Zach Wilson, who is currently the quarterback for the New York Jets. He'd been the starter for a couple years, and then now he was Aaron Rodgers' backup. And they just shined a very negative and pessimistic and judgmental light on Zach Wilson and his performance. Like, leading into the game, and then once the game actually started, the announcers did the same. Like, they were assholes. Maybe not assholes, but just the media vibes towards Zach Wilson have just not been good. And someone would say something, like, rude, maybe about Zach Wilson's performance, both leading up to the game and then in the game. And then he would do something amazing. And then they'd compare him to Patrick Mahomes and say that Patrick Mahomes is way better. He's the best quarterback in the NFL. And he, like, reigning Super Bowl champion. He's an amazing quarterback. The entire game, Zach Wilson was proving all these people wrong. And he had a great 
game, like almost beat the Chiefs. The ending score was Kansas City 23, New York 20. It was just kind of BS. And I saw a Bleacher Report post on Instagram today that just said Zach Wilson was the first opposing quarterback to outperform Patrick Mahomes in the NFL or in college. That's a lot of years for Patrick Mahomes to be playing football. And the fact that Zach Wilson was the first one to outperform him statistically is such a huge feat. And no one could stop shitting on Zach Wilson. And then afterwards, again, I was doing my research just on how things went. I watched the whole game, but I kind of wanted to portray the media's representation of Zach Wilson effectively. So this is kind of what the vibes were like, and I'm just going to read these so we're on the same page. After weeks of criticism, Zach Wilson turned in his best game in a Jets uniform on Sunday, and two-time MVP Patrick Mahomes took notice. As the clock wound down and the teams flooded the field to exchange pleasantries, <laughs> Mahomes made a beeline for Wilson, which is very standard. Usually the quarterbacks will shake hands. Hey, play like that all year, the two-time Super Bowl champion said while bringing the Jets quarterback in for a hug. Mahomes had more encouraging words for Wilson, but NBC wisely cut to a shot of other players shaking hands. Like, is that bad? Wisely. They wisely cut to a shot. Like, I understand giving them privacy, but why can't we show the best quarterback in the NFL hyping up the quarterback who almost beat him and did beat him on paper? Like, why can't that be a part of the storyline? Whatever. And then it says, Wilson outplayed Mahomes on Sunday, completing 28 of 39 passes for 245 yards and two touchdowns. And on a game-tying two-point conversion in the third quarter, he lowered his shoulder on a broken play to crack the goal line. So basically, Zach Wilson played very well and very tough. Is a great word to use. Meanwhile, Mahomes threw a pair of bad interceptions and should have had a third one, too, on that final fourth-quarter drive, but the refs bailed him out with an egregiously bad holding penalty on cornerback Sauce Gardner. So, in other words, Mahomes threw two interceptions, basically threw three, but the referees threw a flag and said that someone on the field had been holding before the interception was thrown. Actually, after the interception was thrown, which is why it was bad. And so once that had happened, you just replay the down. And so it was kind of a wash, like the interception didn't count. Oh, and then it says, Not many expected that New York Jets quarterback Zach Wilson would have a better performance on Sunday night than Kansas City Chiefs superstar Patrick Mahomes. But that was exactly what happened. Although the Chiefs ended up winning the game at 23-20, Wilson undeniably had a great showing, and Mahomes made sure to let the Jets QB know that when they met in the middle of the field after the contest. And then a similar article said that Mahomes told Zach, I don't want to say bad words, but he said, hey, you played, hey, <laughs> hey, you played like fucking Aaron Rodgers. You got the fucking talent. Just go out there and ball. And then again, Aaron Rodgers is the quarterback who the Jets brought in to replace Zach Wilson and then have Zach Wilson sit behind him for a couple years and boost his confidence. But then he got hurt and now Zach Wilson is still the starting quarterback. Even with the loss, Wilson should feel encouraged by how he played versus the reigning Super Bowl champions. Many thought he would buckle under pressure again and create a mess under center, but he stepped up and balled out against a heavy favorite at home. Like, why are those the words we're using to describe the game? 
And then they bring up Wilson's stats again. But then, don't fail to mention, he had a costly fumble in the fourth quarter that resulted in the Jets never getting the ball back. But his overall body of work versus the Chiefs must have helped his image in the eyes of many people previously calling for New York to make a switch at the quarterback position. Again, shut up. Like, that is so unnecessary. Like, why are we painting him in this light? First, Zach Wilson is beautiful. He's 24, born August 3rd, 1999. 6'2", 214 pounds. Oh, I'm, I'm kidding. But uh, I just think he deserves better. And so, this is my... From my perspective, this is the unrelatable version. Like, Taylor has Taylor's version. This is Maddie's version of Zach Wilson. Number two, QB1 for the New York Jets. I said he was 24. He went to BYU. He was drafted by the Jets in the 2021 NFL Draft, and he was the second pick overall. Like, all seven rounds, all 200 and I think it's 260-ish picks, he was number two. And so with that, he signed a four-year, $35.2 million contract that is all guaranteed. And then that included his signing bonus that was about $23 million. And next year will probably be a contract year for Wilson, where the Jets would then decide on whether they wanted to use his fifth-year option. He was a first-round guy, so first-rounders have four-year contracts with a fifth-year option, second, third, fourth, fifth, seventh. Wow, good counting. Good good verbiage. Everyone else has a three-year contract with a fourth-year option. So Luke was drafted in the second round, three-year contract, fourth-year option. That just kind of means that after... So let's, we'll talk about Zach. After four years, the Jets have the option to re-sign him to their own contract. And this is where we're getting the big money. Like Joe Burrow and a couple other guys recently signed their big contract. Like their second contract is usually where you're getting hundreds of millions. That's kind of the vibe. More, more so for a quarterback. So after four years, your team has the option to re-sign you and usually they're gonna give you an offer you can't refuse because if you say no and you play for the team for your fifth year while still on your rookie contract then you become accessible to the entirety of the NFL so best case scenario I'm doing such a bad job explaining this maybe not but best case scenario let's use Luke for example He's in his first year with the Green Bay Packers. Best case scenario is that he plays this year, next year, and then the year after that. And then after his third year, the Packers say, we want you to stay with us because we have the rights to you right now. So we're going to offer you your second contract with us that's going to be X amount of dollars. And then usually it's, both parties are like, yes, this is a great deal. I love the partnership. I'm making some money. Vibes are good. And then Luke would sign for another four years with the Green Bay Packers. Or time is different. Like, there's lots of flexibility. I'm pretty sure Patrick Mahomes has a 10-year contract. 
And so basically, to bring it back around to Zach, he was drafted in 2021, and so next year will be his fourth year with the Jets. And that will be his contract year where the Jets are then going to decide if they want to keep him on, make him their franchise quarterback, pay him a Joe Burrow-level salary, or if they're going to pass on him and then kind of just let him be up for grabs for the whole NFL after the fifth year. And there's pros and cons to both sides of this, not only for the team or the other teams, but for the player as well. And so I'm team Zach Wilson. Like, I'm team him popping off, him continuing to play his best, continuing to outperform the Patrick Mahomeses of the NFL, and proving all the assholes wrong who just, like, can't let him have a good game. Because that's kind of the vibe I'm getting from the media. Like, Zachary Capono Wilson, part Hawaiian, which is where the Capono comes from. I'm totally saying that not wrong. It means righteous in the Hawaiian language, according to Wikipedia. Like, I'm team him. And so Zach, we're, like, on first-name basis, obviously. <laughs> him and the Jets play in week five, which is what we're talking about today, against the Denver Broncos on Sunday in the late afternoon slot, which is going to be one if you're on the West Coast, four o'clock if you're on the East Coast, or two o'clock if you're in Denver, which is where the game is actually going to be played, 225 to be exact. So praying for him to ball out because he deserves it and everyone needs to shut up. Also, week five is an NFL international game taking place in London. Really jealous and upset that the Packers were not selected for this. Maybe next year. I feel like, again, I said this last week, but I feel like it'll be more fun next year traveling to the away games. Like, I'm going to have a little bit more stability in my life. Like, I'm going to have a job. I'm going to be a ragingly successful podcast host. And so, like, I'll have a house in London by that point. Duh. Anyways, there's a London game in week four as well. The Jacksonville Jaguars participated in it. And I like these games because they're played in the morning. And last week, they made it like a Toy Story-themed game. So it was kind of cartoonish for, like, the kids watching cartoons Sunday morning. And I was recording my podcast because I need to do it in the morning while my brain is fresh, while I have the energy for it. So I did not watch that game. But I did see all the Toy Story graphics on social media, and it was so cute. But this week, the Jaguars, who this is their second week there, are playing the Buffalo Bills in London on Sunday at 8.30 a.m. Green Bay time. So that's 6.30 a.m. on the West Coast, 9.30 on the East Coast. And the Bills, so the Jaguars have an advantage because it's almost like home team advantage because they've been there already like there's no jet lag anymore but the bills are new to the uk but they're coming off a pretty big and significant win over the miami dolphins who had been undefeated so huge win for the buffalo bills maybe they can capitalize on that momentum and use it to their advantage in london at 8 30 a.m which i'm sure is like nighttime right yes but speaking of the dolphins who had been undefeated and then were defeated, sorry, the Eagles and the 49ers 
have been able to maintain their undefeated status. So those teams are both 4-0 heading into week five. The 49ers are playing the Cowboys on Sunday in the Sunday night football game. And then the Eagles are playing Sunday afternoon at that like three o'clock slot against the LA Rams. And the Eagles, who again are undefeated, did win in overtime against the Commanders last week. So they've got to have a little extra umph, a little extra fight in them from that. But the LA Rams also won in overtime last week when they beat the Indianapolis Colts 29-23. And those were the only two games that had an overtime. So it's adorable that they're both playing each other. I don't know, man. This shit just writes itself. (laughs) Anyways, last week we also talked about the four teams who had yet to win a game this season, in the regular season, and how they were all happening to play each other. Like, again, this is has to be scripted. This is crazy. But they all played each other, so now only two teams have a 0-4 and four record, and that is the Chicago Bears and the Carolina Panthers. The Panthers play the Detroit Lions Sunday and around the noon slot, and then the Bears are playing in our week five Thursday night football game in Washington against the Commanders, Washington, D.C. So that's Thursday at 7.15. And the Commanders are who lost to the Eagles in overtime last week. So they've got some fight in them. The Bears were defeating the Broncos up until the fourth quarter and then lost to the Broncos last week. So they've got tons of fight in them. I don't know. That'll be a good game. So that's the primetime Thursday night football game on Amazon Prime tomorrow night. And again, the London matchup is definitely one worth noting. I feel like I've said what I needed to say, but the NFL does have plans to be an international business. Like they, I don't know if they're playing in Mexico City this year, but they played in Mexico City last year. I think they did London last year too. They've got some games in Germany coming up. Like they're really trying to build a following, not just in the United States, because football around the world is soccer. And so the NFL's goal is to change that, I guess. But they really just want as many people watching the games as possible. They want as many fans as possible. And I think that's why they've really leaned in to the Taylor and Travis storyline, the plotline. And we'll see what happens in week five because the Chiefs play the Vikings on Sunday in the afternoon slot at 325 in Minnesota. So if Taylor travels to Minneapolis for this game, that means it's going to be real likely that she comes to Green Bay. On December 3rd, that is, there's an 80% chance that that's the correct date. 30% chance, actually. So I feel like I'm more interested to see if she'll be at that one versus last week's game in New York. And we'll also know how serious the relationship is. Because, speaking from personal experience, <laughs> the loyalty of an NFL trophy girlfriend is based off of the lengths at which she will go 
to be an avid supporter, to be a loyal fan. Like, not to toot my own horn, but I moved to Green Bay, Wisconsin for Luke's bitch ass. Was it because I didn't have a better offer? Was it because I couldn't find a job anywhere else? Maybe. (laughs) I'm so kidding. That is not okay. I'd say I would delete that, but I know I won't. (laughs) Whatever. Chiefs are 3-1. and They're playing the Vikings. Coming off their win against the Jets. Again, that was a 23-20 score game. Zach Wilson's playing on Sunday, too. I will be tuning in. But I'll actually be in Vegas this week. I feel like it's very football-focused, though. I feel like I'll definitely be watching, like, all of these games. Especially the Monday Night Football game, which, last but certainly not least, will be played between the Green Bay Packers and the Las Vegas Raiders. And I need to stop saying it, but Viva Las Vegas. I don't know what I'm going to talk about after the Vegas game happens because I feel like it's been a segment in all of my episodes for kind of a while. Whatever. Jimmy Garoppolo, the... I would hate to have pronounced that wrong, but I don't know how else to say it. He is the starting quarterback of the Las Vegas Raiders. But he didn't play last week when the Raiders played the Chargers. And I think... Yeah, they lost to the Chargers in L.A. 17-24, to but they were out their QB1 because he was under concussion protocol and then didn't travel. He didn't even get to travel to L.A., and then he obviously didn't play last week. And I didn't know this had happened. I knew that something had happened, but I wasn't aware that it was concussion protocol, and I looked into it. And the concussion occurred during week three against the Sunday night football game where the Raiders played Steelers. But Jimmy Garoppolo, he played the whole game. And so no one knew anything was wrong until he missed the post-game interviews because he was being evaluated for a concussion, which is sad. Like, you hate to see that. I hope he gets to come back and is cleared to come back and is okay to come back against the Packers on the Monday night football game in week five. I looked it up and there wasn't any sort of insight on whether or not he's good to go, but they won't share that until it is actually game time. But I'm ready for a Packers win. I'm ready for a 5-0 Eagles record. Like, again, I'm not playing favorites. But also for Zach Wilson's sake, I'm really freaking ready for a Jets win. Because it's feeling like comeback season. So tune in. I also wanted to complain a bit and say I'm feeling a little lost because one of my major goals of this podcast was really to help my listeners fall in love with the game of football, fall in love with the sport I grew up despising. Because if I could do it, you could too. But my all my messaging kind of comes across, and again, my goals are to help you guys actually just give a shit about the story's unfolding throughout the league because I said this, but it's seriously stuff you can't make up. And that's why I love it. But Taylor did that overnight. So maybe I'm in my midlife crisis era. No, I'm kidding. We're not complaining. I'm like, I love that. It's so fucking cool that she was able to do that. Like I said, the NFL is trying to get more people to tune in to the National Football League games 
And the fact that Taylor had enough influence to get millions of people to give a shit about football, like that is so impressive. And I guess I just have to dream bigger now. And that's fine by me. But you guys, thank you so much for listening. If you're new, because I finally hard launched this thing, welcome. I say this all the time, but I'm really just so excited and so proud of what we're getting to build together through the Unrelatable brand. And I can't wait to see where this takes us. Because hopefully it takes us to recording in Vegas for next week's Sunday Scaries episode. We'll see. Keep your eyes open because that could actually be so fun. But regardless, I'll talk to you all on Monday for our weekly health, wellness, and unrelatable episode. So yeah, see you then. I love you. 